So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a cool guest today. I got Kevin Markarian on the line, and Kevin has his own company with 65 agents in multiple markets, and uh, he's also one of the directors over there at Lab Coat Agents. If, if you're not on Lab Coat Agents, you want to go check it out on Facebook. 90,000 realtor members. It's just crazy, just absolutely bonkers the amount of activity that goes on there and you want to check him out there. But we're going to talk about everything today. We're going to talk about his growth, his business, what's working for him and his uh, company, what's not working. And we're going to talk about what the hot topics are today on Lab Code Agents and everything else. So without further ado, Kevin, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you so much, Pat. I'm very excited to be on this show. You are, you're a legend, man. You're an icon. I'm happy to be here. Thanks, bro. Hey, uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are, boss, uh, so they get to know you better? Yeah, Kevin Markarian. I have a company called Marker Real Estate. We're based in San Francisco. We have a couple offices there. We have, um, like you said, we're in multiple markets, including the East Bay and the Central Valley of California. We're now in Southern California. And we do a lot with online lead generation, um, automation, leverage. We, um, you know, when I first started Marker, there was I thought about what's the biggest challenge facing agents in our industry. And I think it still is the same today, which is where do I get my next deal? Where's my next client coming from? Mm, so yeah. with, with leads, I think we've, with the systems that we have in place, I've, we've been able to bridge the gap for some people to uh, answer that question and allow them to expand and grow their businesses and really just use our company as a platform to, you know, to, to grow their business. And, and it's been great. It's been a fantastic ride. We just made the Inc. 500 list, which is very exciting. It's That's a big, awesome. Like, how do yeah. they determine that? So somebody reached out to me and said that we probably, well, we should apply, that we, should, we, should, um, that we might be a, a good, I guess, candidate to make the list. And uh, I applied for it. And what they, how they determine it is your percentage of growth three years prior to present day. So, hmm. and, so they, and they compare that to all private companies in the United States. And so it's a uh, 500 list of fastest growing companies in America, private companies. Do you think real estate companies have an edge because they get to count commission as income and it's really not all the brokerages like the, you know, at least half of it's going back to the agents or so, you know what I mean? Like, did that give you an edge compared to like a company that sells apples or something that, <laughs> you, you know, yeah, that's fair. I think you're not giving back, you know, half of everything you make. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I, I think um, like any company, there there are expenses. Um, so what they look at is your gross income, prior like top line income. So you know, if if real estate, you know, we have our expenses, and part of what we have to pay for is commissions. Um, other companies have other expenses, like an apple farmer might have to pay for whatever apple seeds. Yeah, so, right. Land. Like, look at top dollar, top line. That's awesome, dude. So, so tell me about like, first of all, your transition from agent to broker, like, like 
you know, how did you do that? Like, how did you say, I don't want to sell anymore. I want to open a company and just be the broker. It was actually out of, uh, I had my, I had my twin boys, twin boys. I had twin boys and I just thought about like, what am I going to be doing when I'm 70 years old or whatever. Right. I, I just, I just envisioned myself slowing down and I didn't, and, and I was so busy. I was doing, was generating a lot of leads. I was working with lots of clients and I just, I looked at that kind of situation and said, this is not, it's not sustainable. I can't, I can't go out and do showings at like eight o'clock when I'm have two kids that I have to raise. So um, that was one of the, the reasons um, that kind of triggered the, the move towards brokerage, move towards building a team. And uh, yeah. And then, you know, using the systems that we had developed over year, over the years, with uh, with automation and leverage and like CRM and platforms and you know technology, it was just a really kind of easy thing to do as well. Although there are lots of intricacies in terms of utilizing these these resources, at the you know at the end of the day, it really becomes it comes down to making those processes as simple as possible, and that's what I was able to do. And then, so your company is kind of like what a lot of people would call a teamerage, right? It was, it is or was your team, right? Like, to, talk to me about that. Yeah, so it very much is still run as a team. Um, we, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of engagement, a lot of interaction, a lot of our, our agents work together. There's a kind of a, a feel of uh, camaraderie and uh, transparency and collaboration. We use we use platforms like Slack, you know, which is an online platform, as I'm sure you're aware. It's an app yep, that we use it, yeah. all of us throughout the state are on together and we're sharing ideas and collaborating with one another. And so, yeah, it's, it's run as a team. It's run as a team. And um, I feel like in a way, I mean, I, I don't see why someone wouldn't do it that way. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but I don't see why a person wouldn't want to run their company as a team just for the simple fact that your culture will, I think will benefit, like it would be a positive, more of a positive environment, more of a positive culture. Um, and it would just create a, a good place to, to engage with one another and learn. And yes, I mean, and then also with regards to leads, we are, um, we're generating thousands of leads and agents on our team that want to work them, have the opportunity to work with clients right off the bat, like from joining from day one, you know, if you want to work with clients in a particular area, we can provide those opportunities and um, it's, it's been great. And like, you know, like I was saying, we've, we've helped lots of agents grow and take their businesses to the next level and really utilizing the leads that we provide as a supplement. And that's what I talk about a lot. A lot of times people see the, you know, companies like ours that are providing lots of opportunities to agents with lead generation. Um, and they tend to agents tend to rely on those leads and, and, uh, and end up, I think that's, that can become, a, it can be a, really frankly a mistake because you know the idea is that you rely on, you, we provide those leads are opportunities and they should be a supplement to your business and yeah uh, it's a problem i mean it's like you know this is a great conversation i think a lot of people it's almost like a drug addiction and, and there has to be some sort of transition through rehab if you get sucked into it to the point where you're not balancing out where like, you know, whatever you recommend, let's say it's a third, a third, a third, it's a third leads from marker. It's a third, your SOI and it's a third, your assertiveness, right? Knocking on doors and calling and farming or whatever. If you start out, that's great. But a lot of people 
that join teams or team merges, right? They go in and they go 100% buyer leads, right? They go for the fast money. Now, I talked to a girl the other day. She sold 17 houses in seven months on, in a team merge like, like Marker. No thought which way or the other about any other way to get business other than that. And I think that if she ever wanted to remove herself from that, she, she needs some sort of boot camp, some sort of rehab, you know, to, to get out of that. So talk to me about that. What do you, what do you tell your people? How do you, how do you make sure they don't get sucked in or, or is it okay if somebody sells 35 houses and they're all leads coming from you? I think it's, well, I don't want to say it's not okay, but I think it, it's the reality is the way we have our model set up, agents make more money on the deals that they generate on their own. So just to give you, just to break that down, and I know you know this. Yeah, um, no, but, but it's good for everybody to hear, right? Yeah. So for the audience, so when, lead, when we provide a lead to an agent, we do a 50-50 split on that. And if agents bring in their own transactions, their own clients, it's only fair that they get a higher split. And those numbers, those ranges, those, those numbers range based upon experience and so forth. So the pro naturally the issue with only relying on the leads is you're going to make less money on those, on those deals, but they give you the chance to get out there, work with clients, get out in front of people, create uh, referral opportunities, which by the way, at our company, we, if you, if an agent generates their own referral through a lead that we provide then that then that's their that's there so we, that's okay but i think as a brokerage or a team merge like you said it's the response it's our responsibility to train agents that's why agents come come to markers because they know yeah. they're, they're going to get training not only on how to convert leads that we provide but also how to like you said tap into their sphere of influence how to use facebook how to remarket how to you know door knock how to do all the traditional things that will allow them to generate leads on their own and clients on their own while utilizing our systems and our platforms and also leveraging the leads that we provide. So what we see often, like the, the kind of the path of, of agents that come onto our, our company is like in the beginning, they might be attracted to the leads. They want to get up, you know, work with clients. They'll be more heavily working with leads in the beginning. And after they've learned the process, the system, we teach them, how to do it on their own. We teach them how to do other things within, within the industry. They tend to kind of go away from leads. They're still, they usually still work them, but they start to start to now generate their own deals. And that's where it becomes like really, really cool because then, you know, they can go and build their own business. And, you know, thinking about like, there are companies out there that don't do that, which is really sad because- Don't do, know, don't, don't help agents. Well, I don't say help. But like the level of training and the hands-on, right? That, like teams can provide, like ours. Like we're holding people's hands. I mean, it's and it it's always about learning, right? It doesn't have to be a brand new agent. It can be experienced, long established agents that can benefit as well. But the point is, like, it's sad when we when companies don't do that because of fear that they're going to take that information and go work with some for somebody else or start their own thing or whatever. Right. And that's tricky because that's the American way, right? I mean, that's, that's what agents do. You know, I, in my real, in my 25 year real estate career, I was at five different companies, right? So, you know, I, I jumped around. And I think it's pretty normal. And I, and for you as a broker, it's a, it's something that needs to be top of mind, but it's a, it's not an abundant attitude, right? It's a scarcity attitude of I better not train them because I want them to be addicted to leads. 
I mean, it, you're giving them such a gift. It's like that old uh, adage, you know, you give a man a fish, you feed him for the day, you teach him how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Um, you want people to say when you die, right? Like uh, Kevin, my mentor taught me this, or Kevin used to always say this, right? You know, like you, you want to, you know, it's, it's certainly more about that than the scarcity mentality, right? Absolutely. And, and that's a really important point that you mentioned. I mean, helping people and helping them grow and empowering them. And even with that said, if I have someone that's on my team that even if I know they're going to leave in a year or two and compete with me, right? I'll, I, I still personally benefit by training them and teaching them. Why? Because they're going to be with me during that one or two year period, right? So why, might as well, it's my own self gain there. It's also creating a relationship that perhaps maybe down the road, person leaves, but we can maintain a positive relationship and perhaps work together on some other things. Who knows, right? Yeah, right. And then if I can provide enough value to someone for them to want to stay and we can create a mutually beneficial relationship that way, then that's happened as well for us. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a win-win. It's a win-win all the way around. And if somebody leaves, great. It is, it is what it is. It's part of the business. It's not, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a part, it's a part of what we, part of the industry that we're in. And, and like you said, it's the American way. And if somebody wants to leave, great. But while we're together, I'm going to teach you everything I know. I'm going to show you how to, how to build it. And I think that's why a lot of agents end up like staying with us for a long time. And our, our retention rate's been very, very good. And people, I think, I mean, of course I'm biased. I don't know what people are saying behind my back, but when, when we're together, <laughs> It seems like a very positive, positive environment. And uh, I think it's because of the like true, genuine passion and like caring for others. And, you know, I didn't come up with money. Like we, we grew up in a very poor environment. Like my parents came from a different country and all that. And uh, so like, I know what it, what it's like to struggle and look, if, yeah. So I, I just feel like it's uh, it's my obligation to help people, to, to help them grow. And if they're working with me, beautiful. If not, that's okay too. Amazing read. For agents who want to blow their business up, Six Steps to Seven Figures was an amazing read. Pat breaks it down into simple, actionable steps that if taken will almost guarantee seven-figure success in the real estate sales business. Couldn't recommend this enough. Wow. Thank you for the awesome Amazon review, Garo215. Now, do you want to get your hands on this book for free and blow your business up? Here's how. Go to the free six steps book.com. That's free, S-I-X, stepsbook.com right now. Or simply text the word PAT to 444-999. That's text PAT to 444-999 and I'll send you a free book. Well, let's let's get to some nitty-gritty. So let's talk about like like how you're providing for your family here. How you're providing for these 65 agents. Like what where are you spending money? and how are you getting leads and how many leads are you getting blah 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 sure so um first of all it's it's not rocket science like we're using platforms that are available to everyone 
So like Realtor.com, Google PPC ads, Facebook, Y Lopo is really good right now. We're, we're also utilizing companies like Agentology to work our backend. Um, Call Action. These are all really, really good companies. And uh, so we're generating maybe a couple thousand leads a month. And it's the lead generation part that anyone can do that. It's easy, right? Right. You got the normal, you got the normal, whether it's Facebook, Realtor.com, Zillow, whatever, they're all competing for the same buyer lead, let's just say, a pay-per-click. Okay. So that's, that's the answer to that question, right? Nothing, nothing proprietary or interesting other than what uh, all agents have access to. Um, let's talk about what you're using that the, the people on the show may not have heard of. For, uh, first of all, let me, let me roll through this list that you just started to rattle off. What's YLOPO? YLOPO is a, is a lead generator that utilizes Facebook. They're a company that utilizes Facebook to generate leads for us. And they have really incredible targeting that they use and retargeting. So wait a minute, is it a human being that uh, runs a Facebook ad and, and uses the right keywords or, or tell me how that works or is it a robot? From my understanding, it's a, it's a multiple human beings uh, running ads that are very impactful, very um, attractive and people are clicking and there's, they use certain, um, questions that uh they ask people when they inquire like if somebody clicks on an ad it's not like it's not like a lead ad where you get their information automatically because the the you know the the quality in that situation may not be so great because if someone just clicks on something and you get their information okay that's that's okay but what they do to take it a step further is they might ask a couple questions so if somebody clicks on a home those the a question will pop up which will say like have you talked with a lender yet? Or, you know, what's your, you know, what neighborhoods are you considering? Are you looking about thinking about buying in the next three months or six months or whatever? So by the time you get that person, they've already gone through a series of questions that have sort of. Sort you know, of like an ISA, right? Like, like sort of. Yeah. And yeah. just an, in an automated way, you know, you can, they can create uh, like filter, right? Yeah. They and, filter and they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're advertising houses, and they're fishing for buyers. Is that right? Mainly that. Mainly fishing for buyers. Um, we do actually generate lots of listings through these buyer portals. Um, typically, twenty percent or so have a home to sell. So we end up doing lots of listings that way as well. And then before we go to the list, well, we can go to the list. But I just want to say what the difference between why we're able to convert and uh, between what we're doing and what maybe some other people are doing is is just the the nurturing. It's, it's the follow-up. It's the, and then we're going to talk about these tools that we use to help us stay in front of people over a long period of time, because a lot of us talk about speed to lead. You've heard of that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We talk to people, the best of the best people in the country. So you've heard of, everyone's heard, I think about like speed to lead, the importance of getting back to people quickly. Right. But really to me, I think it's not a speed to lead is great, but it's not about who gets to the person first. It's about who gets to the person most, who's responding, who's following up most. Because there's a statistic by, that NAR put out, and I don't know if this is exactly accurate, but typically people, agents give up following up with someone after 1.4 attempts, right? But according to that same poll or statistic, it usually takes at least 13 attempts before you can make a connection, a positive connection. 
So there's a huge gap, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, that gap is, is an opportunity because everybody else is doing one or two attempts and they're giving up. But so because- what are you doing? What are you, how are you doing that or, or other than just telling your agents they got a call every day? Like what, how, how, do you, how do you make that happen? So we're using tools like what we're talking about. So they're, okay. they're receiving text messages, very natural sounding email, email drip campaigns and mainly text messages and also voicemail messages utilizing these tools like call action. Call action is a really awesome, versatile tool that we use that allows us to convert at a high what, level. What is it? It's a, it's a tool that um, when, lead, when we get leads, they go, they go into call action and then they'll, they'll get a, like a text message, email, voicemail that we pre-create and, uh, and it just allows us to stay in front of them you know, using these tools. It's all, obviously, it's automated, but it feels, it feels natural. It's natural in tone. And uh, it's really cool, too, because if somebody responds, the campaign turns off automatically. So that's really helpful, too, when you have oh, a sure. so, the, so it'll keep texting, hey, do you want to see that house? Hey, do you want to see that house? Or whatever you tell it to do until yeah. you say no or yes. Yeah. And, it's, and to be able to respond to 2,000, 3,000 people a month by yourself, it's impossible. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. And, so, when, and when something or artificial intelligence is doing it for you – <laughs> it, it, it's not as personal but for you to sit there and text the same guy every day for a month you're like this guy's gonna find me and kill me you know what i mean <laughs> so, <laughs> so so it's it, it takes the personalness out of it so it's just happening and then you don't know about it that's kind of cool and then agentology tell me about how they work for you i know um i think it's david the founder he has been on the show before but tell me tell everybody how you use them yeah, Agentology, David Tao is a really awesome guy, a friend of mine, his brother Avi. They created a, a it's basically a call center. And, and so when leads come in, they get called by Agentology. And it's a, it's a person. They're based in San Diego. They have a huge office. And they have people that are responding to leads that come in. So when what we do is when a lead comes in, we have our inside sales team that we have people on staff that are um, working and following up as well. But agentology is doing it at the same time, and no, and, wait a minute. How do you? Yeah, both of you guys go at the same time. Yeah, and so here's the thing with that, and, I, and it's funny. I was at the California Association of Realtors convention speaking about this yesterday, and the funny thing is, the same question came up. It's like, what do you, you know? Right, you got two people calling them from Marker Real Estate and be like, oh, well, you know, I got the other girl on the other line. Right. So here's my thing with that. Number one is. You have to be bold, okay? So I'm paying, we're paying for these leads. If we're not responding to them, some, if we don't get, that, get the business, somebody else will, number one. Number two, how do we deal with like people that are um, upset? Sometimes people do like respond negatively. Why, are you, why am I being called by market real estate? So the response there is because, you know, we want to make sure that we're getting back to you. So we want to make sure you, you're going to get, you're probably going to get a call from someone else on my team. And the reason is we want to make sure we're responding to you so we can get your questions answered. And here's the thing too. A lot of these uh, leads that we're paying for, they're shared, number one, right? They're not always exclusive. There's other people calling them anyway. So I'm willing to take the chance, like potentially, and we try to manage it, but I'm willing to take the chance of potentially like upsetting someone and then like apologizing 
then versus like, isn't that like wearing two belts. I mean, you're, you're having two people do the same job. Wouldn't you save money if you fired your ISA or you fired agentology? I mean, one of the two is, is probably better than the other. I don't know who's better, but you know what I mean? Like fair. Or do you find some one, one day agentology slow and the other day your ISA is slow? I mean, what, Tell me about that. It's an insurance policy. That's how I look at it. So agentology is a backstop. If we, we, don't, you know, we have our inside sales team, they're doing multiple things, new leads coming in. There's lots of things happening. With agentology, I can rely on them because they have their own system. I can rely on them to respond within a timely, like within a specific, specified period of time. And I, I could just eliminate leads falling through the cracks. So to me, I'm willing to make that investment as an insurance policy to prevent missing out on opportunities because of our limited resources or limited number of people that we have on staff that are following up. Yeah. I mean, you're putting a lot of effort and money into the time between the lead and the appointment. And I think that's intelligent because I mean, that's where the rubber meets the road. I mean, and that's where that's quite frankly, what agents hate. You know what I mean? You talk to any agent and they, they love working. Most of them, they love working with buyers and showing houses and meeting families and, you know, the whole experience, right? Yeah. They hate, they hate the follow-up. Well, you know, you know, one, one in a hundred will be like, I, love, I eat follow-up for breakfast. I'll follow up 24-7. But the, the other 99 are like, man, you know, if I don't have to do that, cool. Yeah, and if you are in that 1%, then you're going to get tapped out at some point if you want to scale and grow. You're not, you're not going to – one person can only do so much, right? Yeah, if that's your attitude, you're better off actually being a listing agent because you can do much, so much better with that attitude with following up on listing leads and, you know what I mean, have more control and being you – know, that, that personality should be a listing person, really. Yeah. And then let the buyer agents have fun. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. All right, let's talk a little bit about lab code agents, man. What what the heck? Tell, tell me about tell me the whole story there, dude. Like how when you guys like when it started and how how do you go from like having a group of you know, a p couple people throwing stuff around to 90,000 people? I mean, who does it? How does that happen? Insane. Um, well, Tristan and Nick 
Tristan Almada and Nick Baldwin. They're the original founders. And, uh, you know, it's crazy because I remember when we were, once we met, I think, I forget where we were, but we were talking about Facebook groups. And then the next time I saw Tristan, because he and I would speak on stage, stage, different places all over the country all the time. And he would talk about lab code agents. And it was when we first started, it was like, no one even knew what Facebook groups were. And so, and he would mention to people, Hey, go to Facebook, go to lab code agents, go on Facebook, join the group. And it's just a place where we can share ideas, where we can talk and do what we're doing here on stage in front of you guys talking about what's working for us and our best practices. And we're going to take this idea and put it on a Facebook group and we can continue the conversation there because we wouldn't go on stage and people would come up to us afterwards and ask questions. And like, you know, we'd have these conversations that would last for 20, 30 minutes. And well, so it was just a good alternative for people to take that conversation and put it somewhere else. And we can continue talking about these ideas and these, you know, concepts and, and technology and what have you. And I remember him first talking about it. And then like the next time I saw him that, there was 13,000 members. And I was like, dude, how'd that happen? Right. And uh, it just became a compounding growth. And it was really just from country country coming from contribution, really just sharing, just about sharing. And uh, it was a, it's a different approach to, I think what a lot of people were used to in our industry, because we touched on it earlier, like scarcity and abundance. Like I've in throughout my time, maybe it's just me, but I experienced way more scarcity than abundance in my career, just dealing with people and like com competitors and stuff like that. And uh, I think it was just kind of a, maybe a breath of fresh air for people to go to a place where it was a complete opposite, like way more abundance than ever before, like ever experienced before. And it's just a place where now with 90,000 members, like someone can go and they want to type in a question. There's <laughs> going to be an answer, right? Beware for feed, you know, be ready for uh, feedback. I mean, it's, a, it's it's crazy when you, you know, I've I've looked at someone typing a question in there and then got a text, looked down at my phone, looked back up and there was like 17 answers. And I'm like, holy dirt, you know, how'd that happen? You know, every four seconds, somebody's responding. It's like it's live, but it's not live. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's crazy. It's what what would you say, like, what topics right now, like in the past 30 days, you know, generate the most response and the most conversation amongst the agent community at large? You know, what's funny is a question that comes up all the time. And we're actually talked about making a shirt that says this, but what's the best CRM tends to be like the most, like, <laughs> like, like that's like the most popular question. But no, right now, um, I think what people are thinking about a lot is like this market shift. You know, people are talking about a market shift. What are we going to do about it? So we're putting out blogs and talking a lot about like preparation for, you know, potential market shift. And, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are, Pat, but I mean, I don't see like a repeat of 2008 or anything like that, but you know, there's going to be a shift and I think people need to be prepared. So lab code agents is a place where people can go and hear opinions and uh, talk about that. Also, you know, dis disruption within our industry with, you know, like iBuyer and all that thing, all those kinds of things. But, you know, we, we try to keep things positive. We try not to like create any kind of, you know, panic within our group. I mean, there's really nothing to be 
too worried about. I don't. I personally don't think, and I don't want to sound naive. But the or panic stuff is what gets the responses, though, right? Then the negative stuff. I mean, it's like news, right? You know, you know. That's that's why they don't. That's why there's a little tiny section in the back of the newspaper or whatever about weddings, you know, or births or whatever, because it's it's great stuff, but nobody wants to read it, unfortunately. So, so what advice have you seen? Like, what's the most prudent advice that you're hearing? For all those things, like, first of all, what's the most prudent advice you're hearing today for, hey, you know, my market's shifting, i.e. houses are sitting on the market longer, buyers are looking at more before they decide and taking longer before they decide. What advice do you have for your agents and the people that put that on LabCo? Number one is just sharpen your skills, right? Practice, practice your scripts, practice your follow-up, practice the Practice being a salesperson and practice providing value to people. And I think I look at this as an opportunity. Like we we're in San Francisco and for a long, long time in San Francisco, there weren't you, if you're working with a buyer and you submit an offer, like you're going to be competing with more, like you're going to be competing with a lot of people, right? Like 10, 20 offers on a house is not, is fairly common. Like I think it's fair. Today? Today? Well, now? Well, uh, no. So now that's changing. A year ago? A year ago, yes. And okay. I think there's areas in the country that had never probably experienced that, that have started to see that too. I mean, think about the shortage of inventory nationwide, right? So I think that the shift is, I, I welcome it. And I don't want to like jinx anything, but I welcome it because we work with lots of buyers. So now- yeah, Right. Because you're a buyer company, essentially. You're a buyer focused company, right? I mean, like, so, so yeah, the shift is, is sort of beneficial in that you don't have the multiple offers, right? Hmm. Let's think about this. Yeah. And because cause a seller's market always benefits the listing agents, right? Because listings are gold. You know what I mean? You can just write your own ticket with, if, you're a hot, if you're a big listing agent in a seller's market. But on that, real quick, is you're also competing for those listings too. So if it's a strong seller's market... It's like putting in an offer with multiple offers, right? And in, in a sell on a list, sure. it's a multiple agent competition at that point. Right. Taking lower commissions and fiercer, you know, competitive. Yeah, right. They're talking to multiple agents and you lose, you lose listings. I mean, you just don't get them all. Huh. Interesting. So price reduction scripts, I think are huge. People, agents need to start learning those better. Like you said, scripts and dialogues about what's happening, explaining Hey, the interest rates have jacked up, you know, like three, four times already, right? Probably one more time before the end of the year. Um, this is what happens when that happens. Mm, interesting. What else? Like what? Uh, setting proper expectations for sellers when you get a listing, setting proper expectations, you know, talking about the market. Like you said, things are changing. There's, you know, I know we've had multiple offer situations over the last 10 years, but that's starting to change a little bit. So setting those expectations. Also, negotiation. If you're working with, I think both sides, but if you're working with buyers, I mean, understanding how to negotiate, you know, even with, even with listings, understanding how to negotiate. I think that's uh, uh, something I think that agents should be learning about, like going and taking courses on negotiation. I don't know if you know any really good negotiators like that, are, that, have, that have done courses in, in, within the industry, but I would love to know who those people are so I can have our agents go and learn from them because it's, it's going be, to be necessary more so than than in, a very, than, a, than in recent times. 
Yeah, you know, I've had it on my list of courses to add to Rebus University. We we did create a price reduction course, a certified price reduction course, and um, and I've had it on there, but I haven't done it. You know, I just shot a, a retention and recruiting course, but I think really, like you said, I think negotiation is the smartest one to uh, do next because, like you said, there's not a lot out there, but uh, you're going to have more and more of it. The other thing is deal management. Tell me about that. What do you mean by that? Deal management means being able to manage your clients after a deal goes into contract. So deal management is how do you manage your clients' emotions? Like, you know, it comes down to setting proper expectations. How do you deal with contingency removals? How do you deal with, you know, just managing a transaction is, is going to be very important because now, like with you saying interest rates going up and there's going to be more perhaps buyer remorse, I guess right? Like people going into contract, they're seeing price reductions, they start to get, start to freak out. So managing those expectations and being able to, to, to manage the transaction, the person who can be the best transaction manager could potentially make a lot more money than someone that doesn't know, you know, that, that, that also freaks out. So here's an example. I always use this. So flying on a plane, right? For those that are, have like a fear of flying, I, I kind of did before, but I always relied on this one thing which is when, a, when, a, when you get turbulence, when there's, we've all had that moment on a plane where you're like, oh my gosh. Like, right, where you put your foot down on the ground, you know, like thinking it's going to make a difference, right? Right. <laughs> it makes no difference, right? Yeah, right. You're like, let me hold this steady. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing I, I do when there's turbulence is personally, I look at the, at the flight person, the flight, mm, right? Yeah. I look at the, that person. I look at their face. I look at their response, right? And if they're keeping their cool, then I'm good. I, it makes me feel at ease. But if they're freaking out, what is that going to make? How's that going to make me feel? If I'm already holding on and putting my foot down, trying to brace the plane, I'm going to freak out too. Mm-hmm. So in transactions, when talking about deal management, we have to be like the person on the plane, the flight attendant, if that's the appropriate verb yeah. for that. No, that's right. Yeah. So we have to be like the flight attendant in a transaction. So if, some, if there's something that happens, we have to keep our cool. Because if we start freaking out, they're already freaked out. So they're going to freak out even more. And guess what? You just lost. <laughs> right? So that's really important to maintain our own emotions in a deal. And sometimes it's hard to do when there's a lot on the line, you know, with big commissions and what have you. So well, agents are, 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 sometimes agents are the guiltiest parties when it comes to creating drama in the real estate transaction, right? You know, I mean, if you go to your client and you're like, the seller countered at this and it doesn't surprise me, this is, you know, pretty much how the game is played. You know, this happened to me last week and we did this and you're real calm about it and you're like, this is normal, right? And you're used to it. It's easy. But if you go to that back to your client, you go, I can't believe them. They have nerve. That house has been on the market for 165 days and they had the nerve to come back and counter you at this. You're getting them all wound up for no reason, you know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think, it, you know, it's, we're human and we deal with these emotions. I think it's important to have someone like your broker or like, you know, someone that you work with in your office that you can go to to get some feedback. And try to kind of level things out and see, am I, am I like, do, am I okay? Like, look at this from the outside. How, what do you think? And so having that person is very important or people so they can get that feedback. And, I, and you know, I think it's, 
and before going to your client, try to solve the problem if you can. Like try to take on as much of it as you can before going to your client and, and creating a, a necessary stress. Stress that they're already they're already dealing with stress. So for for them to deal with more, it just kind of adds to the problem. And usually doesn't help. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So so like, how do you train your sixty five agents? Like, what 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 sort of systems do you have in place, and how often, all that stuff? So we do trainings every day. Every we, day. Every day, yeah. And I'm like the person, I do not like going to offices and sitting in meetings. Like to me, that, that's, that, that's very inefficient. And, and if you're doing it especially every day, unless in some situations it makes sense. But my point is we use what we're doing right now on Zoom. That's like we're using, we use technology. So we do every single day. We have a five to 15 minute short session on some topic and we use our vendors our, our people that we work with our partners to run those meetings and for a lot of reasons number one we want to create rapport with our agents and them and we want to give them exposure and we want our agents to learn at the same time so and also be efficient so, so you're not so, women, so who are your vendors like well like our people that we work with like our like for example tuesdays we'll do um our transaction coordinator will come on and she'll talk about some topic contingency removal or whatever for five minutes no more than 15 minutes. People are on. Wednesdays, we have our lender. Thursdays, we have our credit repair person. And every other Thursday, we do our escrow person. Fridays, we have a call with a top agent in the country that we bring on, and they come share their, idea, their best practices. Uh, so every day, there's a little bits and pieces that people are, can take and learn. And then we do quarterly meetings where we have big trainings, like contract training, and disclosure, and compliance, and those kinds of things. Um, so, but the majority like day, day to day stuff is really short, like little bits where people can just have some education while they're on their way, perhaps to an appointment or something. So they don't have to drive 30 minutes, sit in an office and then fight traffic and then, you know, so whatever. So, uh, we try to do that every single day. Um, of course, going back to lab code agents, like we encourage people to go on and learn and, and ask questions. So that's important. And then we have, like I mentioned earlier, we use Slack. So like, you know, if there's anything that people have questions or um, if there's like a cool like podcast that on the Pat Habin podcast, we'll, we'll post it on the Slack channel. That's relevant. If it's relevant to what we're kind of talking about during that particular time. So people are learning there. Um, and yeah, just the constant, constant work in progress, like constant training, constant education. Um, what else do we do? Do we do uh masterminds where we where we bring again like the abundance mindset different companies different agencies different brokerages and all get together in the same room and just share ideas and uh and it's cool it's it's really a beautiful thing you know getting getting people you have like a company-wide ever like a physical meeting or do you just not yeah. do that yeah yeah no no yeah. we do i was How just often? saying usually usually once a like a once a quarter once a quarter okay but we do, we do get together more so with like social events, like more to getting together to go, you know, go, go bowling or something or whatever, right? Like go get together to hang out more, more, more social functions when we're doing physical interaction. And yeah, so it's just more of a team building. And do you have a, do you have a, an office? Yeah. Yeah. So we have offices in San Francisco, Alameda and Newport beach, and they're more drop-in space type offices so it's not like your traditional ground floor brick and mortar office space and why do we do it that way because how many people get up in the morning every day and or get up in the morning and go to the local 
real estate office to ask Pat what's available on the market. Like there's, you know, the idea of a, to me of a, of a ground floor brick and mortar office spaces for walk-ins, right. Or maybe some visibility, getting your brand out there. So there's not very many opportunities for walk-ins anymore. Like right. if I'm an agent, give me a place where I can work, give me a beautiful conference room where I can meet with clients and, and I'm good, right? So it's what, a couple hundred square feet, a thousand square feet, like your offices, how big are they? We, yeah, under 500 square feet. So they're working space. So they're small. Yeah. They're, small. they're basically a conference room and a lobby. Yeah. And then in an office, in a like, private office. Yeah. So oh, one private office. So you could just pop in there. They're just meeting spots. Meeting spots. Do a settlement. That's sort of thing. Yeah. Or make some calls or, you know, that kind of thing. It's just really a place where you can just get stuff done. And less about like hanging out in a, you know, whatever, like lingering in an office. So there's a lot of that. I feel people are just in the office, not really, I don't know, doing a lot. Maybe I'm you know, looking at it the wrong way, but no, well, certainly economically it's, it's, um, it's a lot safer that way for you as a broker. Right. I mean, I would, I would even question why you have those addresses, right. If you could, yeah. People can meet in Starbucks and things like that. I mean, the people that will that will debate otherwise would debate that you need a big office to you know have social get-togethers and have camaraderie and team building and you know what I mean and and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean we ha- we do the social engagement outside of the office where it's more personal. It's less it's less formal. It's more frankly you know, real potentially. I mean, it's just, uh, you get to see people for who they are and, and get, let your guard down. That's not to say you couldn't do that in an office environment, but, um, again, like you said, in terms of cost and expenses and things like that, I'd rather focus our dollars as a company on opportunities for agents to go work with more clients and close more deals. So yeah. I'd rather take that money and go put it there. And how many of the agents uh, of the 65 agents do you think actually show up at the time you have your trainings versus watch them later? Oh, good question. Yeah, I mean, out of, we probably get 20% on a call, and that's that just being completely upfront, right? Like, no, that's you know, probably par for the course, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, people like to pick and choose, you know yeah. what I mean? And you may not want to, you may, may not be interested in a particular topic, and yeah, like you said, and we, can, we, we always record them, we put them on our site, and people can go back and look at them. And that's cool too, because we're creating a library of content. So yeah. And speaking of content real quick, going back to LCA, that's a great place for content. So you want to, well, if you, if, if you're, if you have a blog that you're working on or whether you're a broker, even as an agent and you want to create something for the your consumers and your clients, go on the lab code agents, look up, look at what people are talking about. Like if you're a broker, you want to know what agents are interested in, go on lab code agents Look at what people are talking about most and create a blog about it or do a video about it and then send it out to the agents that you want to recruit. No, that's a great idea, right? Like it's, it's, a market, it's market research, you know? Yeah. You, you want to you talk about what people are talking about. That sounds weird, but yeah, we'll just follow the conversation. Yeah. Another source for that, for people that want to do blogging and look for content is um, answerthepublic.com. So answerthepublic.com is pretty cool because you can go on and look at what is the most searched for keywords in your area. So if you're in San Francisco and you type in a keyword and you can see, you can see what people are searching, like how many times they put that in. 
like in the search search bar within us within a radius and then you can take that information and write up a blog do a blog about it or do a video about it and then target people in that area who are already talking about it so it's just kind of like a clever way and it's a great tool to use if you're looking for content yeah no that's a great idea so so speaking of content, let's talk about your free gift, uh, Kevin. As you know, everybody that comes on brings a free gift. And what we do is I'm going to put this in your show notes. Okay, so I'm going to just, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make this real easy for everybody. I'm going to put it at hybendigital.com backslash marker. That's hybendigital.com slash marker. What is your free gift? So today I'm going to give away our 32-day follow-up schedule. And this is what we use when we, when leads come in and how we follow up with them, how many times, how many times we're calling them, texting them, emailing them. It's a, it's been like our, like the bread and butter for our, for our business in terms of conversion. So we're going to give that away and, and uh, I hope people enjoy it. And it's, it's really a, really been a great tool for us. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the gift. That's the gift. That's today. awesome. 32 days, right? 32. <laughs> that's awesome so guys i'm going to put that on hybendigital.com backslash mark i'm also going to put all of kevin's info if you want to reach out to him you got a referral for san francisco surrounding areas you want to jump on there uh, he's got plenty of agents that can service you and uh and everything else about him all his social media i'm gonna put a link to lab code agents if you guys aren't on there you need to get on there it's a, you, you will freak about the amount of engagement on, on this thing. So it's on Facebook, LCA or Lab Coat Agents. And of course, I'm going to take his 32-pointer and I'm going to put it in the Agent Success Toolbox, which can be found on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox, or you can text the word toolbox to 444-999. Kevin, listen, bro, I really appreciate you coming on today and uh, look forward to meeting you face-to-face -face in the future. Yes, I'm really looking forward to that as well. It's been a great honor and like I mentioned earlier, we're our company is growing. So if you're in those markets in San Francisco and Newport, Orange County, East Bay, San, Northern California, we're looking for good people. We need people to help us to, to work these clients. And we just want to grow with the right people. So, but yeah, thank, thank you so much, Pat. And, th and thank you very much for letting me come on. And it's, it's been great. And you're obviously doing great things in the industry. You're, you know, the best podcast out there, man. So keep up thank the good work. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.